Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. This episode, I have someone you've heard of in our other episodes. We have Heidi Cheek our beautiful friend from America that we have traveled with, Helen and I. So today, Heidi and I are going to talk about how we traveled through Peru and all of our hiking. Hi, Heidi. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, People have been asking about you. They want to hear from you. They want to hear about our trip in Peru. And that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today. We met in Africa like we've spoken about with Helen. Yes, we did. And we just hit it off. Oh, it makes us sound like we're in love. (laughs) We are a little bit. We are a little bit, true. (laughs) I came and visited you in Chicago first and then we went down Mm -hmm. to Peru together. Yes, correct. We uh, flew from Chicago into Cusco. We did and we had a few stopovers along the way. Yes, Miami and Lima, I believe. That's right. And then there was that short flight down to to Cusco. And I remember we got into Cusco and we had heard a lot about altitude. So you grew up in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so you adjusted to the altitude a lot better than I did, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I still found it hard to breathe. It is still quite high in Cusco. I grew up in Colorado, so it was it was much easier for me than it was for you. Mm -hmm. I remember that first night we were walking. We went out for dinner and then we were walking back to our hotel or hostel and walking up the hill and I had to stop. What do you think about four times maybe? Yeah, yeah. To your credit, though, that was a very steep hill. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like I'm unfit, people. This it was the altitude. I literally was gasping for air, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes a big difference. It really does. I think a lot of people don't realize how much it can affect you, but it really does. Mm, I didn't get all the other issues with altitude. I just got the shortness of breath. I found it really hard to breathe. And that took a couple of days, I think, before that really settled. And we went straight in to hiking. Yeah, the next day we uh, went on a pretty major hike. <laughs> and the, the first part of it was all uphill. And it wasn't just you dying. I was dying too. <laughs> yeah, we did this tour we had a private guide I actually found them through Instagram they followed me on Instagram I checked out their stuff and I went oh I like this company they're a local company from Peru and I thought "Mm, that'd be nice to give the money back to the to the country and so we ended up booking all of our hiking through them and so we had our personal guide that picked us up in the morning Herlin Mm -hmm. yeah they were, yeah, they were a great company. I, I liked that we had our own personal guide and he also took us, except for our last trek, he took us all places where it was literally just us. There was no one else there. That's right. Um, we weren't so I really masses. liked that. Yeah. I liked that it was sort of off the beaten path and we were seeing things that people don't normally see. Mm. So the first hike we did was to what they call Little Cusco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This wasn't even really a path, I don't think, that we started hiking up. It just, we, no. pulled, we pulled over on the side of the road and he said, all right, we're going up here. And I know you and I looked at each other and went, what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. He did. He just pulled over on the side of this dirt road and then we just started going up this mountain. And That's- you had hiking sticks and I did not because I thought they provided them and he said, no, actually, no, but you can have mine because I don't need them. Luckily. Yeah, he was very nice. I don't think I would have got anywhere without those sticks. And as it was, because I couldn't breathe, we had to stop every 10 steps or so. And that was super tough. Yeah, that um, that first one was, uh, it was just tough because 
I don't think we really gave ourselves enough time to acclimate to the altitude. Also, we wanted to get going. So, <laughs> so what can you do? That's right. That's right. We should have probably hung out in Cusco without hiking for about three days, I think. And then we would have been able to tackle it a lot easier. So if you're going to do it, I would suggest allowing maybe three days before you go hiking up a very steep hill. But for yeah. us, this is what we did and we we're up there. But the views, I remember when we got to that first lookout point. Oh, it, blew it was amazing. Up. Oh, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I grew up in Colorado. I've seen a lot of mountain views that are very, very beautiful, but that beat anything I've ever seen. It was so pretty. We were in the clouds. We were in the clouds. And I took this amazing photo of Heidi when you're standing there. It's my favorite. I'll probably post it on the Instagram page. It is so beautiful. It's my favorite nearly from the whole trip. I love that photo. I like that picture too. Yes. Thank you for taking that. That's okay. (laughs) It It was just one of those moments when you just stop and look and go, I need to capture this because this is something that you never see. Yeah, it was awesome. And then we kept going and we ended up getting to a homestay. And that was the point of that trek to start with, was this was going to be a homestay night. So then we get to this ruins, and which was Little Cusco, and we get to see these beautiful ruins. And then we come back down the next day and we got to the homestay. And again, the view. Oh. And it was cool because um, so we stayed at a homestay that night, but um, our host, this a lovely Peruvian woman met us at this like this little shed that is um, halfway uh, through our trek. And it's this little shed that she hikes to from her home to prepare the people staying at her homestay lunch. Mm, so that's right. And she made us yeah. this beautiful lunch. Yeah. And it was delicious. It was all local, organic, um, quinoa, vegetables, potatoes, corn. It was so good. Something that we haven't mentioned, Heidi and I are the worst people to cook for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I am celiac gluten-free, so I can't have any gluten, which is, you know, wheat products, bread, all the pasta, all the really easy, beautiful, lovely stuff that people normally prepare. Heidi is vegetarian and lactose intolerant. Yes. (laughs) And I also don't eat seafood. So together we are a really bad mix for a chef to cook for, but everybody was amazing and the food was phenomenal. They didn't have any problems with catering to our needs, did they? No. Yeah. The food was delicious. I think they maybe had an easier time with it just because they do use so much of their local produce. Like it wasn't a lot of processed food. It was all organic, fresh food, which is much easier to prepare for people like us. Correct. And I remember, I remember at night that they actually made flour. They put corn into this machine and they were winding it and they were grinding the corn to make corn flour. So they could use that instead of using any other type of flour because I couldn't have it. And they used the corn flour for what they needed. Yeah, they went above and beyond for sure. They did. The view from my room was the best view I've ever seen. So much that it is actually the display picture for With You Every Step podcast. So that picture that you see, that was the view from our room. Yeah, it was really cool. We stayed in these little dirt floor rooms and you wake up and you look out your your door and there you are. You're in the Andes. You see all these Andes peaks. Uh, It was really beautiful. So then we went and saw the ruins, which was a really good start coming in to Peru to see all the ruins. I thought that was a good way to start off before getting to Machu Picchu and seeing the most famous one, of course. I didn't realize how many Mayan ruins are just everywhere. Like they're everywhere, all over the place. Uh, Like Cusco, part of their city walls are Mayan ruins. They're just everywhere. So, but little Cusco was really cool to see um, just because it was so high up and just sort of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was. We felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. We were the only ones there. There was no other people walking around us. And I remember in between lunch and dinner, 
when that beautiful woman came and cooked for us, we were hiking to go to their place and we were taking it pretty slow because again, I still couldn't breathe. And I remember her and her son ran past us. Yeah. And she was wearing sandals. (laughs) (laughs) She had sandals on and she ran past us and they looked at us and little, her son was with her and he just laughed because I was struggling quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different lifestyle. They are quite used to uh, that level of physical exertion. (laughs) After we had our beautiful homestay, we had another night back in Cusco And then we ended up getting the train to go down to Machu Picchu. So you need to get a train that takes you down there. It's not in Cusco. It is quite a fair way away. Our tour organizers organized everything for us. So our guide again, Herlin, we had him for the whole week. He stayed with us. He got us on the train. We got down there. We couldn't do the whole Inca Trail trek because it was the permits were booked out. And in hindsight, I'm glad that we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, You've got a little fear of heights Mm -hmm. and there's lots of heights on the Inca Trail, but we were able to do the last uh, leg of it, which was still very physically demanding. Lots of uphill. The train just stopped and our guide said, all right, we're off now. And we literally step off just on the side of the train tracks. Yeah, it was sort of similar, like when they dropped us off on the side of the mountain, like there was no trail in sight. We just got off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you just get off and then you stand by the side and watch the train go. And it's really close to you as the train's moving away. And I actually nearly fell back. I think you caught me. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> he, he caught you. Yeah. That was the first of many that I felt like I could have died. <laughs> and so the train goes then you walk over and you find this little hut where you have to sign in and then they know that you're actually going onto the trail and so our part was only for one day and like Heidi mentioned I do have a huge fear of heights and I think it's gotten worse the older I've gotten I don't think it was bad as bad when I was younger and I don't even realize that I have it until I get put in certain situations And I have a complete meltdown. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, I mean, it was, it was really cool and I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. And I, it was, the meltdown I had was at the, what did they call them? The The steps were, it was more like, yeah, something like that. But it was more like a ladder. The easiest way to go up them was on your, with hands and feet. You had to be on all fours. Yeah. And I literally had a total meltdown and needed our guide to hold my back to get me up there. And I got to the top and I broke down. And even just before that, I can guarantee I wouldn't have done it if Heidi wasn't standing at the top looking down at me going, you can do this. She's like, you're nearly here. You're nearly here. And I probably wouldn't have been able to do it if Heidi wasn't there. That's when moments when you go, this is a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't have a fear of heights, so I I had no problem. (laughs) She just climbed up there and I was like, how are you doing this? I want to be like that. I want to do that. But for me, it just doesn't work that way. But I got up there and had a meltdown, had a massive cry. Everyone was walking past me, looking at me, curled up in a ball. I was like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'll be okay in a minute. Just give me a second. So that's the hindsight that I'm talking about that we're glad we didn't do the whole four days because apparently there's quite a lot of those sections. Yeah. There's also a lot of the a lot of the trail where it's just a couple feet wide and then it's a very steep cliffside. <laughs> so there's not a lot protecting you from uh falling off the trail. No, no. But it it was great and I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad I pushed myself to do it. And it was definitely worth it. So I can understand why all these people go and do the Inca Trail. It is definitely worth doing if that's something you like to do. But if not, you can get the train and it takes you all the way to Machu Picchu. You do not have to hike if you do not want to. No. Yeah. It was really cool, though, to uh, so we hike up this steep hill. It takes all day. We're exhausted. And then you get to this point and you're overlooking Machu Picchu, And Machu Picchu is literally on the tip of this mountain. It is a really, really spectacular view. And 
you wonder how the Mayans were able to get all these stones to the very, very tippy top of this mountain. It is. It is magnificent. And I remember you and I just standing there in awe. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It was cool. And then we didn't actually do the tour of Machu Picchu that day. We ended up getting the bus back down, going and staying in that small little town that's just there. Aguas Calientes? Yeah, that's right. That's the name of the town. And it's a cute little town, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, It was very, uh, very touristy, very cute. Lots of restaurants, lots of markets. They get lots of people staying there because it's the only place close to Machu Picchu. And then we did our tour. So you got to get, we got the bus back up to Machu Picchu and we had our private tour with our guide, Herlin, and that was great. His knowledge was phenomenal. And I, you know, I was kind of listening to some of the other guides. They weren't up to scratch. They were not giving the information that we were getting. We were super lucky. Yeah, he knew so much and we got there early enough that he was really able to take his time taking us through there because when we were done with our tour, you and I went back through Machu Picchu again and it was a much different story. It was extremely crowded and you had to keep moving. I'm glad we were able to get there early enough where we could take our time and really look at everything. That's right. And we weren't allowed to stop that second time either. It was definitely, we were in a moving train and we had to keep moving. They wouldn't let you stop to even take photos. And that's why we kind of thought, oh, we went back in to have a look and take some more photos, but it wasn't worth it for us. We would have been happy if we just did our first tour that we did. That would have been enough. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it's really cool. Definitely worth seeing a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. I'm very glad we did it too. So we made our way back to Cusco and then the next day we had planned another trek. Now this one was definitely not what we had expected. In many, many ways. (laughs) I still think it's probably the highlight for me, something that I never thought I would be able to do that I did and in my whole life. I think I look back on that moment and think I'm so proud of myself and we'll explain why and what happened. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we wanted to do a trek to the Rainbow Mountain, which if you don't know what that is, Google Rainbow Mountain Peru and it's beautiful. But so we were going to do this two day trek where we hike up to a certain point, we camp, and then the next day we make it to Rainbow Mountain. So we drove into the Andes again and we pull over into just like the other treks we did. We pulled out where there's absolutely no one around us and we stopped for lunch. They like put up a table for us just in the middle of the mountains and we had a chef who cooked us this delicious lunch and we met up with this horseman who had horses for us, who was going to carry all of our gear. And the views were stunning. It started out as a beautiful day. (laughs) did. Now, I also have a little bit of a, I don't know, it's not a fear. I think it's just like princess syndrome, where I don't like to go to the toilet in the middle of nowhere. And I really struggle with it. I really do. And so this was the start. They're like, no, you just have to go and pee up there. And you're kind of on a mountain and we're kind of in the middle where everyone can see. And so we went behind this little stone wall, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I have no issues peeing in the mountains. <laughs> but uh, Heidi yeah, does not we, suffer from princess syndrome. It is no. only me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, well, we had to pee in the, uh, I mean, on our first trek too, there were no bathrooms until we got to the homestay. I think I held all day though. Oh God, I can't, I can't do it. When I I, I've did. got the tiniest little bladder, when it, when I got to pee, I got to pee. I just got to go. Well, that's normal. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I am not. So I think I'm pretty sure I held all day until we got there. I just, yeah, mm, I, I've got to get mm-hmm. over it. And I did, I did get over it then. Cause I had to go behind this little wall and it was a big moment for me personally, but I did it. So this was the start. We had this beautiful dinner, a uh, beautiful lunch. And again, like we said, this was just us. So Heidi, myself, our guide, our horseman, our chef, and our driver, we convinced to come with us as well. 
if he was yeah. happy with that later, I'm guessing he wouldn't yeah. have been. But we really were like, come, we're going to play cards later. We're going to have a great game. We're going to have some fun. And he's like, okay, great. I'll come with you ladies. Yep. So we, uh, we started on our trek and like we said, it was a beautiful day. And then all of a sudden it started, the clouds rolled in and it started pelting us uh, lightly at first with what appeared to be hail, but mm-hmm. our guide said it was snow. So it hurt when it hits you because it's coming down so hard. Um, and we thought it might pass. So we stopped at this local's house and we sat under like their shed. Um, yeah, I think I think we actually kind of broke in. I think we just well, undid. Oh, no, that was the second one. This is oh. the first one. It, it was at like a farm. We just sat like under, do you remember, there was the dog? Yes. That like really friendly dog. We sat there and it wasn't passing. So we decided to continue on. And then it started to get dangerous because it was, the snow was starting to accumulate. It was getting slippery. We couldn't see where we were going because the snow was so heavy. We're being pelted with this hail snow (laughs) that hurt. We were soaking wet. We didn't have the correct um, attire Mm -mm. for such weather. I didn't even even have waterproof pants on. I had a waterproof jacket, but my pants weren't waterproof, waterproof and my boots were water resistant. They weren't waterproof. Were yours waterproof? No, my boots were not waterproof. They were water resistant. And then also my gloves were just little cloth gloves Mm -hmm. because me too. um, The way our guide described, I mean, of course he couldn't uh, anticipate the weather either, but uh, I just thought we'd need, you know, a little warmth while we're sitting around the fire at night. But that's not what happened. We ended up in a torrential hail snowstorm. And so it was getting dangerous. So that's when we stopped. We broke into that tiny, tiny horseman's hut where the three of us could barely fit inside. That's right. Yes, we did. And I remember you and I looking at each other like, oh, what is happening right now? Yeah, it was crazy. And I, uh, I remember thinking, I didn't say it aloud, but I was like, this is how people die. You get stuck in the mountains, you get stuck in this torrential snowstorm and you can't get out and you die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You did say that later, but not at that point. You hadn't said that yet. And I'm glad you hadn't because I don't know if I would have continued on (laughs) if you had have brought that. I mean, it was definitely going through my mind, but not so much then because I thought maybe we would turn around. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen at that point. We were we were already freezing. We were already in this little hut. And I, I think maybe it was about four foot by six foot as big as the hut was. Maybe even smaller. I mean, it was tiny. It, there was, we had to be crouching down. You couldn't stand. Mm. It was, it was itty, itty bitty. There was barely room for the three of us. And our guide gave us some tea. Um, and then he was like, we have to keep going. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause one of the horsemen actually had run ahead and he yeah. had gone and checked and said, okay, we've got to make it to, he had this little house. I, I wouldn't even call it a house. It was a hut. We're crouched in this tiny hut and he came back and told us we have to get to this other point where there was a bigger hut. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we, uh, got our wits about us and we continued on and it was slippery and we were, there was no trail. We were literally on the side of this mountain. I mean, one wrong step and we could go tumbling down the side of a mountain. Totally. Um, Again, like we spoke about, I have this huge fear of heights. So I am standing on the side of a cliff and there is nothing. There was no rail. There is nothing. My feet were sliding at this point. You couldn't look up because the hail was so hard and the wind and it was so cold. We were saturated. It was dripping rain. You couldn't look. And I remember at one point that Heidi and our guide had gone a lot quicker and they were quite far in front. And I remember looking down and thinking, if I slip, they won't hear me because of the, it was thundering at this point as well. That's right. Yeah. And I remember thinking, if I slip, by the time they turn around and look, I'm so far in the distance, they can't actually see me because of the weather that they won't find my body. I will die. (laughs) And I remember thinking, my mum has just lost her husband. She can't lose her daughter as well. And so I started screaming. Do you remember this? I was screaming for you guys. 
Yeah, yeah. So then since I was moving a little quicker, our guide went back with you and I continued on with our chef. Our chef was like my little makeshift guide. (laughs) And so then I made sure that Herlin had a hand on my back. So the whole time, because I was so scared, I thought I could die in that moment. And I'm sure you felt the same way. Yeah, I just had to, uh, my coping mechanism was just to keep moving just because if you stop, you're literally on the side of a mountain. (laughs) So I just, yeah, I just had to keep moving and move as fast as possible. And then finally we got to this local horseman's, another hut that was a little bigger than the other one we were in and we were soaking wet. We were freezing cold. Our, uh, there were alpacas all around this hut and the hut had a dirt floor so if you had to move anywhere you had to be wearing your shoes um and we were so cold we got in this horseman's bed luckily all the gentlemen we were with let us have the bed um and we just got into bed and just stayed in bed the rest of the (laughs) the, yeah because we couldn't we couldn't even change no there was nowhere to change Mm-mm. um and we were literally wearing everything we had just because it was so cold it was so cold and they threw on every blanket that we had because we were shivering we were yeah I, I remember looking at you and i remember thinking there's a possibility we're gonna die mm-hmm. and and i know it sounds like we're being dramatic but this is how we felt in that moment we really we were so cold. My hands, I've never been that cold in my life. My feet, I couldn't even feel them. They were been walking in snow and ice and they were so wet. Everything I had was wet. I had nothing to put on. And I remember thinking, this is how frostbite happens. Well, the scary thing is that we were, I mean, we were at the top of this mountain with absolutely nothing around us. <laughs> so that's what was so scary is that we were stuck in this snow hailstorm and there was literally nowhere else to go. Like we weren't in a town or anything. <laughs> so, we so, had no yeah, cell we, service. Actually, they yelled no. at us to turn them off because we were so high up. We were so close to the lightning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had to turn off our phones. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. They were like, turn it all off. We don't want to attract. We don't want to. We don't want to get struck by lightning. Yeah, we were just in bed. Um, they fed us our dinner in bed. and and then in order to sleep we all had to sleep in this tiny tiny hut so our guide the chef the horseman and our driver all slept on the frozen mud floor on top of a tarp and we had the bed so there were six of us in this itty bitty hut snoozing away and it was not a very restful night (laughs) not at all and you might have this image of a bed being a bed it wasn't an actual bed. I think it was made out of sticks and it just had like this, I don't even know if it was a mattress. I don't think it was a mattress. No, it was like a, a makeshift mattress and it didn't fit the full bed. No. So I actually slept half the night on the sticks, but you know, you do what you got to do. And Heidi and I, this bed was not made for two, but Heidi and I made it for two. <laughs> yeah. We had no choice. We had no choice. <laughs> To the credit of our beautiful guides, they gave us pretty much all the blankets. And I don't know how they coped in that cold and how they slept on that floor, but they did everything to try and make Heidi and I as comfortable as possible. Yeah, and I was just so exhausted. I luckily slept decently you said you didn't sleep very well and you heard I mean those guys were snoring all night and they were farting (laughs) (laughs) they were they were it was and it was bizarre because I remember waking up actually sweating and I don't know I was so cold but I don't know why I was sweating but then I needed to go to the toilet and it was yeah. the, it was the worst because we had our shoes off and you can't wait the whole ground was mud so i had to try and find my shoes i had to firstly climb over heidi yeah and you had to you have to use a flashlight because there's no uh electricity nope. um so you had to climb over me and then to get out you had to move a bunch of stuff yeah there wasn't an actual door they had one that they kind of just move into place and then they had put everything there to stop it so no wild animals would come in and eat us. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so I then had to get out and they actually had a little toilet that they put in a tent for us, for Princess over here. So it was good mm-hmm. that I ended up, I had a proper toilet to go to and I didn't have to go squat in the snow because that would have been very, very uncomfortable. And by that time, the snow was getting quite thick. Yeah, it was very thick. And then we kept hearing all the alpacas and llamas hissing. And I guess they hiss when there's danger. Mm-hmm. So that means there must have been a uh, a puma or something around <laughs> that <Yeah>. night. <laughs> there was. And because I remember hearing as well, I remember hearing them going crazy at one point. And I remember in the morning that the guy said that one of them had been eaten. Yeah, I don't think it was one of his. It was a different llama from a different area that had been eaten but yeah there was definitely a puma abound that Mm. evening Mm -hmm. but yeah it was wild and then the next morning we woke up and they made us breakfast and what we were gonna do is we were gonna we didn't want to summit we didn't want to go any further we wanted to turn around and go back Mm. we were done we were exhausted we were wet we were tired we just wanted to go back And we started walking through the snow back to where we came from. And then our chef started yelling at us that we were going the wrong way. And apparently that's all we needed to turn around and continue on our journey. Well, he said, it's clearing up. It's going to be fine. Keep going. You and I are quite determined. And so we really did want to do this, but we were so broken at this point. I hadn't eaten breakfast because I felt so sick. Being so cold, I think all my insides had tensed so much that I actually was dry reaching. I really felt quite ill that morning and I didn't think that I would be able to go on. So I didn't eat anything. We were partway down a hill and our our chef was yelling at us and we were like, okay, guess we'll, guess we'll finish this. So then we continued on and we, uh, I'm really glad we did. It was hard because we were slipping and sliding in the snow, but we got some, I mean, the again, more amazing views, even more amazing than what we'd seen before. We saw a glacier and we summited a 60, over a 16,000 foot mountain, which is taller than what people do in Colorado, in Colorado, people do um, 14ers, which are extremely challenging. So I'm really proud that we did the 16,000 foot mountain. Uh, that felt really cool. It did. And we got to the summit. We thought when the, when the, our guide was saying to us, we're nearly there. We thought we were nearly at the Rainbow Mountains. We had no idea. We were summiting this giant mountain. We had no idea at all. None. It was an extra perk. It was. And then it was great. We got there. We took all these amazing photos. Again, I'll put them on the Instagram page. They were amazing. We we felt like we were queens. We had just done it. We are the best. We are amazing. But then we had to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't, that wasn't the end. Oh no. Yeah. So then we had to keep going to make it to Rainbow Mountain. And then we kept getting pelted with snow. So the snow wasn't over. <laughs> nope. Nope. It started hailing again and the snow was there and it was super, super uh, thick as well. And I know my feet were going in about a foot. I think at one point I, I my feet were going about a foot down into snow as we were walking. And again, I thought, this is not okay. Oh my gosh. Why did we do this? We just had this amazing moment when it was, and it was sunny on top of that. (laughs) It was. Yeah. I thought we were in the clear as far as the weather goes, but no, we were met with more torrential weather. I was moving quicker than you. So again, the chef was my guide and Erlen was your guide. So I made it to Rainbow Mountain a bit before you. Not a bit. And it was amazing. uh, uh, uh. Don't be nice about this. It was at least an hour or two before me. Come on, let's be honest here. I'm... (laughs) I have no problem with it because I actually have something called chronic fatigue syndrome. So if you're not sure what that is, Google it. And that's why this ended up being such an amazing thing for me that I'd never, 10 years ago, I could barely walk a hundred meters. And so for me to be able to summit a mountain, it was amazing. And so Heidi, again, like she just said, she was walking a lot quicker than me. I was in struggle town. I had no food in me. My energy levels were gone. I actually 
twice, I think. I grabbed Herlin and said, I'm going to pass out. And he grabbed me before I fell. I was really struggling. I was not okay. I thought at one point, there's no way I can finish this. I'm done. I can't do that. They're going to have to medivac me out. I don't know what, what I'm going to do. And I heard my dad say to me at one point, you can do this. Keep going. Just go slow. So that's when I really reduced how fast I was going and I started slowing down and then slow and steady wins the race. I eventually got there, but I was a lot slower than Heidi. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but that's okay because we did it. We made it. We, uh, we got to Rainbow Mountain and it's well worth seeing. There is an easier way to get there. You can take a bus and then just hike up about a mile or two. <laughs> yep. We took the much harder route, but it was it was beautiful. I'm so glad we did it. Oh, I'm so glad. And I remember getting there and seeing you and hugging you and I just burst into tears again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, it's over, but it was worth it and it's amazing and I'm proud of us. But now we've still got another two hour trek. <laughs> yes, because then you have to get down. <laughs> so <laughs> it still wasn't over and we were still still being pelted with snow when we were at rainbow mountain again like miraculously it cleared up and we got this beautiful view of the mountain and i thought maybe we were in the clear weather wise again but i was wrong mm-hmm. um because as we were going down we're being pelted with snow and our guide was losing patience with <laughs> we made it back to um where the buses all a parking lot and we got a very very delicious lunch that was quinoa and avocado and oh so good they fed us so well it it was I again I couldn't eat very much because I had just exerted my body to its limits and when that happens you kind of feel a bit sick so I didn't eat too much I ate a little bit but it was beautiful and again Heidi said lunch it was more like dinner by the time I got there Heidi had gone way in front of me Yeah, I uh, like I said, I just have to just that's my coping. You just got to power through just uh, I just had to move as quickly as possible. And then our poor horseman, we come to find out, had been kicked in the hip by one of the naughty horses. Mm. So he was in a lot of pain that whole time. um, And we didn't know about it till then. And the poor guy was supposed to drive, but um, our guide ended up driving uh, a portion of the drive because it was it was this really bumpy, windy road and uh, the driver couldn't do it. He was in too much pain. That's right. And our beautiful cook also had an accident as well. And he somehow had hit his head and no, his he was eye. opening the trunk. Yeah. He was opening the trunk and it slammed into his face. Oh no. Someone else had actually grabbed oh, it. I think. Okay. Yeah. Cause there were so many people trying to get things in that, you know, everyone was trying to do stuff and I think it hit him, but then he ended up going to hospital and he, Oh, sorry. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Okay. So, When we were at our little night stay, one of the ladies that lives there, she came as well and she was in there and she had sat on our bags. And in the morning when I, I mean, there was nowhere else to sit. We know, no one had an issue with this. that's right. But in the morning when I went to get my sunglasses, they were broken. That's right. Our amazing guides had actually got band-aids and put them back together for me. And I am so grateful that they did this. We are walking on snow. Snow is reflective. We didn't have polarized sunglasses at all. So to not have any sunglasses would have been really dangerous. And that's what happened to our beautiful cook. He didn't have sunglasses on. And so he went to the hospital And they had told him that his eye problem wasn't from the hit. It was actually because he didn't have glasses on. Yeah, so his eyes uh, had swelled up and were watering and he was in a lot of pain. He was in so much pain. It was heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, he was really, really struggling on that drive back. The drive took a really long time and we didn't get back to our hostel until it was like 10 or 11 at night. 
back into Cusco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were completely spent. I remember our goodbye. It, we were all just done. <laughs> we, mm. were, <laughs> yeah. we were sad to part, but I think we were all just emotionally and physically exhausted and we were ready to, to, <laughs> to say goodbye. We were. Um, and then you and I slept so good. We had a beautiful shower. We had the heaters on in the room. And then we didn't move out of bed pretty much at all the next day. No, the next day we were uh, pretty worthless. We definitely needed a day to just be in bed all day. Mm. <laughs> and I had gotten sunburned up my nose. Oh, you did. I did a little bit, but yours was way more intense than mine was. Yeah, it was very, I've never had that happen before. So, <laughs> so that actually happened because the reflection coming from the snow. And so yes. that's what it was. That's why we had even under my chin, I had a little bit. It was in really odd places because it was all from the reflection coming from the snow. Yeah, places you don't think about having to put sunscreen. And for us, I mean, most people that do these hikes are prepared. We were not prepared at all for what we were walking into. I wouldn't say we weren't prepared. I think we were prepared. We just didn't realize the uh, weather we were going to be experiencing, and neither did our guides. Correct. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what I mean. We weren't prepared for the weather conditions. We didn't have those proper sunglasses. We didn't have the warmth, the waterproof stuff. We did not expect that. My boots were not made to walk in snow. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, our guide even thought we were going to be having this nice, relaxing camping experience where we're under the stars playing cards and uh none of us were prepared for what we got <laughs> not at all no and and that's what we said earlier by that we made our driver join us and he was not happy because <laughs> we did have this image that it was going to be this amazing evening and it ended up being so cold and you and I were not probably the best company to be around at that point. I mean, we were just so soaking wet and so cold and so exhausted. <laughs> uh, but who can blame us? I mean, I think they were, I think we were, it, all of us were uh, a bit at our breaking point. Yeah. And I remember we still had a few giggles and a few laughs. And I remember yeah. <laughs> Herlin, who is so beautiful, our lovely guide, trying to put up a clear poncho. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> in between to give us privacy from the boys. It's, I don't know if you've ever seen a clear poncho. It's not made of really anything that's going to stop noise or where you can't see through it. And so we all had a good giggle at that, but he was trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, he I, he did try very hard to make our experience uh, as comfortable as it could be, but uh, it was for naught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad, even though we had a traumatic experience, I'm still glad <laughs> that we had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's a definitely a cool story and uh, it was worth it. I would do it again for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I would do it again. <laughs> I could probably never do that again in my life and I'd be happy. But I did the views. I could do again. I could definitely yeah. go and see those things again, but not the hiking part of it. No. Struggled, thought I was going to die. But, you know, we survived and we've got a great story. That's right. Yes, we are still here to tell it. Yeah. And Peru really did blow my mind. I knew it was going to be beautiful and I knew Machu Picchu. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But the rest of Peru is what blew my mind. Those glaciers, the rainbow mountains, it's a must see. Yeah, it was really, really great. I was, uh, I was really blown away by the food. I was not expecting that much. It's just all local and organic. So it's really, really good and really good for you. Yeah, the food was delicious. We went up in a plane to see the Nazca Lines. Um, oh, we did. After our trek. And it was cool to do, but I would not do that again. I definitely would not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> you go up in this itty, itty, itty bitty plane, tiny, tiny plane, and there were six of us in there, and it was three out of the six that ended up getting sick. 
And by the time we were done, I was feeling pretty sick too. So if we hadn't landed when we landed, I definitely would have lost my cookies as well. Um, (laughs) I definitely was one of those three. If you haven't picked that up already, princess over here. I had taken travel calm already as well. I'm prepared for it. I know I get motion sickness. It didn't matter. It didn't work. And I had taken it earlier. So I should have had time to kick in and it didn't work. The plane was just so small. Uh, that was one of my favorite parts I wanted to do was the Nazca lines. I was so excited about it and I could barely look out the window to see them. It was it was cool to see, uh, but like I said, I would not do that again. If you want to see the Nazca lines, I think there's um, some towers you can go up in. But also the, uh, the town Nazca really wasn't that impressive to me either. So that's not something I would do again. No. And the way that we ended up doing that was through Peru Hop. So if you look up Peru Hop, it's a website. It's mixed in with Bolivia Hop as well. I think they're the same company. And they're a bus system that goes through. And they were great because you can just book it. They were cheap. And they had that tour included, the Nazca Lines one. So that's our tour was kind of based on that. Some of the guides maybe weren't so great. I think the system to be good. The thing that's cool is that it's hop on, hop off. So if you don't have uh, an itinerary or a tight time frame, you can stay longer in certain places and get on a different bus. But we got to see Paracas, which is known as Little Galapagos. So we got to see sea lions and lots of birds. And we got to stay at Huacachina, which is a teeny, teeny, tiny oasis town. And that was really kind of something different. Yeah, that was probably my highlight from that part of the trip. I really loved going on those sand buggy through the... Mm-hmm, the dune buggies. The yeah. dune buggies. Yeah. They were so cool. I wish I could have gone sandboarding. I Yeah, I chickened out on the sandboarding um, just because it was very, very steep. It looked very scary. And I was also just super exhausted, which didn't help. If I were to go back there, I think I would do the sandboarding. Mm, I wish I could. I have a a neck problem with my spine, so I couldn't do it due to those reasons. But otherwise, I would have. That's something that for (laughs) some reason, I don't know why, but I would have been okay with that. I don't know what it is. The adrenaline junkie in me, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I loved being in the desert. It was so beautiful. Again, I'll put some of these images up on the, the Instagram page. It was so beautiful. And then having this little town, I kind of wish we stayed there a bit longer. I would have liked to get up and go and see a sunset there. Yeah, that would have been neat. Um, but the hostel we were staying at was uh, a little icky. Would have maybe stayed yeah, at it was while. gross. <laughs> but, I would not recommend yeah. that hostel at all. I think there was some nicer ones there, but the one through the Peru hop. It was included with our trip, so you can't beat cheap, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty gross. I don't think we even wanted to walk around barefoot in there. I don't. And neither of us had a shower because the shower looks so gross. Yeah, it was it was a little icky. And then we went back to Lima and we did a, a city tour the next day. And I'm really glad we did that because where we were staying in Lima wasn't. I mean, it was a fine area, but it wasn't um, historical or anything like that. So. Had we not done the city tour, I think I would have had a different view on Lima. We stayed in Miraflores. From the reviews and everything that I had seen is where everyone suggested to stay. But personally, I think I would have preferred to stay in the old town. The old town, to me, was somewhere that I would have enjoyed staying more than Miraflores. Yeah, well, it was just so pretty. Um, And there's so much history there. So it was really, I'm really glad we did that tour. And it was free. It was uh, organized through our hostel. So we got to see a lot. The tour was really, really in-depth. And then we got a Pisco tasting at the end. And I ended up buying um, a very large amount of Pisco. (laughs) (laughs) That you did. So we did that city tour. But we also then went off and did our own little tour that took us underneath a church. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was so cool. That was super cool. It took us under into the catacombs. Yes. And this was the first time I can clearly say that I have been close to hundreds of human remains. Yeah, it was so, so cool. They uh, they had all the bones. It was, um, I forget what it was that was buried there. It was just people. Cemetery. 
it was the cemetery for the town. And so everyone was being buried under there, I think. And then there was also a different section for the priests. Yeah. And they're all their skulls and bones are still there. Yes. Well, they, um, what they've done in the basement is they've organized the, the bones and the skulls to be displayed in a really cool and pretty way. So it was really neat. You're not allowed to take pictures. So there's no pictures from that portion of the trip. No, and it's respect. And I, I get annoyed when people disrespect the customs and take photos of things like that, that they shouldn't. And we definitely respected that. Yes. But we also got to go through that. I, was it a cathedral? Mm-hmm. We got to, we paid for a tour and it was a very, very good tour. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad we did that. Mm-hmm. That was probably the highlight of that tour for me. But we went off and we paid for that. It wasn't expensive. It was really cheap and it was really cool to see that. I think our guide had mentioned something about it. And so I asked him about it and he said, if you go over there soon, you'll be able to catch the last tour of the day or something like that. So we hustled on over there. And then we flew to Galapagos and we met our beautiful Helen and Helen and I have already done a podcast on Galapagos on a budget. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, we really had a, a really great time other than me getting sick, but it was, it was great. I would absolutely do the whole trip again. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I know you've been so busy because for those that don't know, Heidi is also an actress, which is why we were so drawn to each other. So in Africa, Heidi, Helen and myself are all performers and the three of us got together and were so shocked that, oh my gosh, we're on a tour together and there is three performers all together, which is quite rare to kind of find. And you've been so busy doing all your work and you also have a podcast. Yes. Um, I have a podcast called Tipsy Tabloids. Uh, my friend and I get tipsy and uh, dish on celebrities. So if that, if that sounds interesting to you, please give us a listen and subscribe. Yeah, make sure you do that. Head over there, have a listen. You get to hear Heidi. I'll be tagging Heidi. So if you want to follow Heidi and see what she's up to, you can do that as well. She is an amazing actress. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's all true. It's all true. So make sure you follow Heidi as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, please email us at michelle at michellelee.com or head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.